Which tight ends are the biggest sells right now? Let's go. Chips towards the end zone, and it is caught. Eight off here. Chubb. Down inside. The silent counts. He bails out of the pocket there. And oh, Josh Allen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the JWB Dynasty Digest, where we give you consumable dynasty perspective. He's Skyler. I'm Wyatt. Today, we are joined by our friend. He's a lover of tight ends. He's a hater of players over 25 years old. You can find him on Twitter at Guru Fantasy World. David Gattieri. I think I just messed it up after I practice it before the show. David, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing excellent. I would say maybe some 26-year-olds would make the cut as well. Maybe a 27-year-old at tight end. Other Speaking than that, pretty spot on. Uh, I'm doing great. I'm ready to, as you said, I'm ready to uh, talk some tight ends. Now, before we get to our tight end talk, we like to have a little surprise. Would you rather question for our guests that's kind of customized to them? So, okay. are you ready? I wasn't prepared for this, so no, not at all. <laughs> but let's do it. <laughs> okay. Would you rather... Have all of your leagues ban tight ends, or you would have to play with players only 25 years or older on all of your rosters? Easily 25 or older. I could do that. That's manageable. 25, there's plenty of players in that range. Uh, I'm, I wouldn't call myself an extremist. Uh, sometimes it seems like it, uh, and maybe sometimes yeah. I am. Sometimes I do take it too far, but easily the 25. Oh. That just removes all the advantage of the tight end. That's the reason for the love of the tight end. My love would be gone without that tight end slot. I've got a, a, a couple of leagues where it's just. And that's why I, I made that question the way I did because, like, I think I think you picked the right side, right? Obviously, but I wanted to put your test or your love to Absolutely. the test on, for the tight ends. No hesitation. Twenty-five. <laughs> now. Tight ends aren't even good until they're twenty-five. So I'll join the twenty-seven club. Only well, twenty-seven. Twenty-seven and up. I'll do twenty-eight and up only. I'd like to see it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, why don't we talk about some tight ends now? Uh, David, you're up first with our first tight end that we're trying to sell currently. All right. Well, there was a couple, and we're going to talk about the other one. I'm not sure which one he's going to grab. I forget. Uh, So I'm going to hate on two out of three tonight. One of them I'm going to push back on a little, but we're going to start with some hate. And uh, I ended up with Dalton Schultz, who probably be my second biggest sell. Um, and there are a few reasons. I think the number one reason is there are questions about this guy's talent level. Uh, nobody doubts this situation. He is in a great situation, uh, in Dallas, uh, he's attached to a great quarterback right now, uh, in Dak Prescott, who is proven, who is, I think everybody would slap the term elite on him. So he's got that going for him and he got a good year last year. He had a tight end five finish, if you want to look at the overall. Um, 75 or 78 receptions, over 800 yards. So he did have a decent season. But I think people are just really starting to want him to be like that next big thing. And his ADP is, is really starting to creep up. Uh, now I use uh, a Dyko's ADP sheet, which is basically pulling in data from actual sleeper dynasty leagues that are happening. And now he is up to uh, the tight end seven in Dynasty behind Darren Waller. He's going at uh, about 71 overall ADP. That's a 
more than a full round above Pat Fryermuth and Dallas Goddard. That's like five or six rounds ahead of Noah Fant, who I believe is a much better talent. Uh, and to kind of get back to that talent about the concerns for Dalton Schultz, he just projects as and profiles as a very volume dependent tight end. So he was third in routes run last year uh, behind only Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, but he was 13th in yards per route run uh, 1.52 yards per route run uh, among players with at least 20 targets. And Dallas was fifth in passing attempts last year. That could go down a little bit. So he was obviously uh, Mari Cooper was on the team benefiting from that. Now they bring in Jalen Tolbert, who's a rookie. Gallup will eventually be back from ACL, um, but we could look to see them kind of, be a little bit more run focused. Uh, so that volume could go down overall as a team. And then you look at uh, yards per route run versus man. He was dead last among the top 12 fantasy tight ends. Just 0.86 yards per route run versus man, which is really showed he struggled uh, like that. Like I said, he just kind of feasted on that open opportunities and zone benefiting from CD and Amari opening up space. Uh, so he could see more uh, attention this year. I'm not sure uh, he's really got much of a higher ceiling than what he was at, which was 12.3 points per game. He was about just as close to Hunter Henry as he was to George Kittle. So people are trying to kind of prop him up into that upper tier where I think he's just becoming like the most expensive version of that middle tier. Uh, and then the situation talk about, he's still only under contract for this year uh, in Dallas. He hasn't gotten an extension yet. Maybe when he gets the extension, I can understand being a little more like willing to invest in this guy, but like you talk about Noah Fant, <laughs> multiple rounds cheaper. You could get Noah Fant and probably a 2023 two right now for Dalton Schultz. And uh, in my checklist, uh, which is basically charting like 15 different things, Noah Fant is better than Dalton Schultz in every single category. He was drafted higher. He was an early declare. Schultz wasn't. He's faster, uh, better vertical, better college dominator, better breakout age. Uh, even in the NFL, through three seasons, Noah Fant had a higher points per game as a rookie, had a higher points per game in his second year, had a higher points per game in his third year. The only thing Dalton Schultz has better is a higher points per game in his fourth year, and that's because Noah Fant hasn't played his fourth year yet. So we're talking about a much better player who you can pivot down to, even if you're in like uh, into the archetype of like the slow kind of, uh, you can pivot to Pat Frymouth maybe the plus. People are kind of panicky on that situation. Uh, and I think Frymouth should be ahead of Dalton Schultz. If, same kind of archetype of player, but Frymouth much younger, much better draft uh, capital profile, you know, a, a lot sturdier floor if he's in a bad situation. Uh, Dalton Schultz could be Austin Hooper if he leaves Dallas. So there's a, a floor there that a lot of people don't want to think about when they invest in. But it, it's a very real floor. Uh, I'm not sure he has the talent to exist in a vacuum in a meaningful way. And even last year, he wasn't that meaningful at, at 12.3 points per game. So he's myself, Dalton Schultz. Yeah, Schultz is really kind of a scary proposition because he seems to be so situa situationally dependent. Uh, I'll be honest, I thought he, he impressed me a little bit with his play uh, in 2021. And coming into the year, I wasn't that impressed with how he played in 2020. I thought he played a lot better in 2020. But still, as you pointed out, I don't think he's like this uber-talented player or anything that – he gets this ranking on talent alone. It's purely a situational thing, really. That's how he's building his his fantasy points, and that's scary. I mean, if he doesn't sign that contract, like you said, could be Austin Hooper. That's scary. 
Skylar, what do you think? No, the um, see with with Dallas, I don't feel like you have to be the most talented tight end to have a lot of uh, value coming out of <clears throat> coming off that team. And with Dalton Schultz, where it is a little concerning that he doesn't have a contract pass this year. I mean, we saw all these tight ends who are kind of similar in talent level be getting tagged. And I, I would, I'd be very surprised if he left Dallas, unless if he really came out flat and, you know, Jake Ferguson or someone came in and really had an impressive uh, season there with Dallas. So I think he's locked into a pretty safe volume. So in the short term, I don't, I don't dislike having Dalton Schultz on my team. I think I'd be a lot more interested in redraft though, because as you said, the talent, like let's say he does find his way off the team. He's immediately way less value to me. Whereas a guy like Noah Fant, him leaving the team, his value didn't take as significant as a hit for me because I still, he still is the same player. I don't think he was as situationally dependent. It's not like his situation he was coming from was excellent anyway. Right? So I have, I do have Dalton Schultz as far as, impact immediately into your lineup which with tight ends sometimes if you're not the elite of the elite i kind of do lean more to who's going to have more of an immediate impact in your team um he does fall into that same tier as players like fryer muth or goddard or noah fan but as you mentioned he's less talented than all three of those guys so if somebody is uh you know valuing dalton schultz ahead of all three of the guys absolutely i would pivot down just because you're picking up value you can we always we love if you could stay within the same tier of type of player, we, we love picking a value where you can. So I do love that. But as far as his immediate impact, I do think he has a pretty safe route to 90 to 100 targets, which you could argue is similar to someone like Noah Fant. But it's that's a, that is hard to come by at the position. It would be a slight set could be a slight step down for last year. But I think what he did last year is relatively sustainable, uh, just given their given their offense, even if the passing does pass percentage does come down a little bit in Dallas. Um, also, if you don't, if your league isn't valuing him that high now, it would be interesting to see if it comes out with a bit of a hot start, how the market adjusts, because he's one of those players with the sample size, people not might not be sold on yet, but you have him then come out and start the year hot. People would be like, that's what I need to see. I'm sold. And at that point, you might be more likely to pivot down to a guy like Noah Fant, who might not come out with that same, uh, start to the season um you know as you mentioned you know i think gallup is probably gonna end up missing four weeks at least i think is where he probably starts and is jalen tolbert really going to come out and and really hit the ground running and they're they're void for familiar targets at least in the short game for dak prescott so i think he does have at least to start the season a very safe role within that team um so for that reason at least that are existing i'm more interested uh, than his startup price, because if you know you're a good team, as I said, he has that immediate impact. He's somebody that I don't mind having my team because the cost you got him, I'm assuming, was where you got him last year, which was either waiver wire or dirt cheap. Um, but it, but I, I don't like spending his startup price. You're talking round, what, seven? And I, I don't like going round seven for a tight end that you don't think is the most talented, you know, pure talent. But in your lineup, I, th I would be, I'd be comfortable starting him. But I, Whatever, whatever you want to do with that. Now, David, you mentioned Noah Fant, maybe pivoting down to getting something on top. Maybe you can possibly get Pat Fryermuth with something else on top. Are there any other tight ends you'd be specifically targeting if you had Dalton Schultz? Alberto. Alberto. That was a quick answer. Alberto, uh, in a hard rebuild, Trey McBride, because uh, I think you could get some get draft capital on top. Uh, I think Trey McBride is a really good prospect, got a really high ceiling. I really like that one. So I would be interested in that as well. 
what what range of flex players? Like if you are a tight end needy team and you were looking for somebody who has that immediate impact, like what are there any flex players that come right to mind that you would be willing to move? If I'm tra trading away if, or acquiring, if you're acquiring Dalton Schultz, like if somebody was like, I do want that immediate impact. What what what's the level of player you're comfortable moving? He wouldn't be a target of mine. Uh, I would be I, I would be targeting multiple other tight ends. I would first I would hit up the Andrews owner and see what they wanted. I would see what the fan owner wanted. I would see what the Alberto uh, guy wanted. It, I wouldn't be willing to give a whole lot. I'll tell you how I would want in return if I could trade away Schultz. I'd be looking for a guy. I'll give you some names. Would you like rather have Michael Gallup? Oh, I'd rather have Schultz. Schultz can sell for more than Michael Gallup. What about Christian Kirk? Schultz. See, because that's the type of range where if somebody was in a team where he was excess on their roster or they weren't in a position where they felt he had immediate value to their team, that's the type of player I would be willing to give away, which in some ways I think, you know, that – that could that could get done, but I because I don't I don't see you getting Brandon Ayuk for for Dalton Schultz. Like if you, I could, think you might have to add run. something to Schultz, but it, it depends. It, people on their tight end situation, you know, you might have to leverage it in season, like you said. But uh, if people don't have a good tight end, especially in season, they go multiple weeks of like chasing the rabbit, you know, round and round, where they're chasing last week's rabbit and just these terrible tight ends that can't find one to plug in. Uh, people will, you know, they'll give you a good wide receiver for a guy like Dalton Schultz. Go off him for Brandon Cooks. Let's see if we get that done. We love. I Brandon think you Cooks could get. I think channel. you could get Brandon Cooks plus for Dalton Schultz right now. In a heartbeat. That's a smash. <laughs> In a heartbeat. Well, why don't we move on to our next tight end of the day, Skyler? You're up. Yeah. Um, let's see. We're moving on here to. We're talking about T.J. Hawkinson. Right, somebody who didn't come up in that last conversation. He is somebody. If I was pivoting off Dalton Schultz, somebody viewed them in a similar tier. I'm absolutely taking T.J. Hawkinson. He's he's better at every every single facet of the game to, to, to Dalton Schultz. And really, if you took T.J. Hawkinson off of Detroit, where his 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 uh, where his tar his targets are very safe, I still think he is he's somebody who would fit in anywhere. He'd get his volume. Like he, he's just a good player. Um, so T.J. Hawkinson. T.J. Hawkins is an interesting player. I've, every league seemed to value him differently. Um, you know, if you could work something around a similar price from Dalton Schultz, I'm all over T.J. Hawkins. I thought but this I, was a hate column. I thought you were coming going to come out here and hate on and tell us why he's a sub. It I sounds just, like you're just loving on him. Am I hearing this properly? <laughs> well, here, here's what I, I don't I don't understand when I see him at least going for like multiple firsts. Right, that's that. That is a price that I'm not comfortable talking. When people reach on him and take him within the first six rounds, I'm not comfortable taking T.J. Hawkinson within the first six rounds. Even if it's a tight end premium, maybe you could talk me in around six, round five. But I just, I just find issue with people still when you they value him similar in that same tier as a guy like Mark Andrews. I don't see that because I don't think that his, I don't think that his immediate ceiling is, is Mark Andrews or even Darren Waller in my opinion. I, how do you feel about that, Dave? I completely agree. Uh, I think Hawkinson would probably be my number one. So I gave you guys two choices. I said, I'll hate on Hawkinson or Schultz. Give me either one. I got Schultz, but I got plenty of things to say about Hawkinson too. I mean, it's vaguely reminiscent of Schultz. Like you said, he's the beefed up version of Schultz. But to me, it's still uh, the best of that middle tier, which doesn't mean a whole lot at 12 points per game. TJ Hawkinson was closer to Hunter Henry in points per game last year than he was to George Kittle. 
TJ Hawkins and was closer to Hunter Henry than he was to George Kittle. Like people need to get that in, into their heads. He profiles much more like Hunter Henry. Uh, 47040, he's not an athlete uh, in that kind of way. And it shows up on the stat sheet. Uh, 11.5, 10.8, 9.6 yards per reception in his three years. Uh, it's gone downhill all three years. That is very, very low. It shows his lack of uh, explosive ability, uh, his lack of downfield uh, capabilities and usage. Uh, 7.5, 7.0, 7.4 average depth of target in his three years. He's used in like a low A dot role. And he's been dependent on volume on a team that has lacked wide receivers and still only gotten to 12 points per game last year. Then we talk about uh, Amon Ross St. Brown going into his second year. He's going to eat up a lot of those same targets as TJ Hawkinson. And if if you're only averaging 11 yards per reception, uh, you're not fast, you're not an athlete, Hawkinson needs to get 90-plus receptions to even sniff 1,000 yards. Uh, so now he's got competition for his type of targets. They draft Jamison Williams, bring in DJ Chark. Swift is still there. Uh, they're not going to score a ton of touchdowns. Uh, he's just he's not going to elevate into this next game-breaking tight end that people want him to beat. I really don't think it's going to happen. And just you look at the price differential between him and a guy like Noah Fant, who, if anything, has the ceiling to become a guy like that. It's just astronomical right now when these guys are almost identical across the board and draft capital uh, in terms of uh, college dominator, uh, in terms of actual NFL production as a rookie year two. It's, it's almost identical across the board. And it's just a massive, massive gap uh, in valuation. It doesn't make any sense to me. I think in a lot of weeks you probably can get, you can probably get Noah Fant first for TJ Hawkinson. A lot of weeks, especially tight end premium leagues, the way people like bump him up and sounds to me like I would you agree. that's something you do in a I would take a, a 2023 too and no fan. I'd be happy with that. I I'll be honest, I think that's selling light on TJ Hawkinson. I I think the I would try for more but the market is I've found a, a lot of people are showing me it's you're not getting that and people are trying to get this for Hawkinson trying to sell him and people are not paying it. So it depends on the league obviously, but I would be if I had to settle for 2023 too, and no fan, I would take it. See, I, I struggle with Hawkinson a bit. I am a fan of Hawkinson, but I, I do think that he is not an elite talent. I'm not sure that he ever can be. Uh, and that he needs a good amount of volume, right, to, to be successful. The only thing is, I think there's a really good chance that he keeps that good volume in Detroit, at least for the next couple of years. Uh, Jameson's going to miss at least part of the year. He's also a downfield threat, so I don't think they're really competing for the same types of targets. Uh, but Amon Ra and Swift are there. That is a problem. It kind of depends on how good we think the Lions are going to be these next couple of years. If they're still going to be a sub 500 team, they're probably going to be passing enough that everything's fine for Hawkinson. But with all that said, you know, Darren Waller is going after TJ Hawkinson in DLF ADP right now. I would just rather have Darren Waller than TJ Hawkinson. You know, uh, I would be willing to pivot down from TJ Hawkinson to Dallas Goddard for a certain price, you know, like there are these moves that you can be made because CJ Hawkinson is still being valued so highly like tight end five on DLF right now. Agreed. And I think, especially you mentioned Dallas got a lot of people's issues with them bringing in AJ Brown, uh, which obviously you do have to knock Goddard down a little bit for that, the breakout potential. But again, Detroit did add competition as well. And obviously not AJ Brown level, but they brought in multiple targets. So it's kind of the same thing. 
with Goddard and Hawkinson, the issues they're dealing with. Uh, so I think, again, the points per game is going to be very similar. I would be interested in getting a plus on top of Goddard as well. People but feel like just as scared as Darren Waller. Same reason. And yeah. and the difference between Hawkinson and Goddard really is that we've seen Goddard be like really talented on a per target per you know per route basis as opposed to Hawkinson. We've seen Goddard be really good with with his opportunities. He just hasn't had quite as many as Hawkinson yet. Now the argument can be made that that's going to stay that way in Philly. But yeah. I th- I and you don't want to predict seen. injuries, but AJ Brown has dealt with injuries. Like the game is random. You if you want to bet on talent tier down to a player you think is more talented and get a plus on top. That's a, uh, that's a winning formula more often than not with the amount situations change. Um, so right. an injury could open things up for a Goddard breakout again. Um, we don't even know if Hawkinson's got the talent ever. I wouldn't have given the right opportunity. So if you could pivot down to what's probably the better player, get the plus on top. I'm very interested in that. Yeah. Let's finish up with my tight end for the day. David Njoku, who's currently tight end 12, according to DLF ADP right now, going ahead of players like Cole Komet, Noah Fant, Albert O, Zach Ertz, Trey McGride, Irv Smith. He just signed a four-year, $55 million contract, but honestly, I don't know why the Browns offered it to him. I don't think he's really played well enough to get this contract. Uh, In 2017, it was his rookie year. You don't expect much from rookie tight ends. Not a problem. 2018, he finished his tight end nine, but was tight end 15 in points per game with only 7.2 points per game. 2019 was a lost season due to injury, and then the Browns went and signed Austin Hooper to replace him. And he was pretty good last year on on limited opportunities, fifth in yards per target. But the thing is, he's been playing behind Austin Hooper last two years. He signed his big contract. I'm not sure he's worth the ADP right now, especially considering Deshaun Watson's out for the season. Now, I know Skyler's probably going to bring up some information about he looked into that Jacoby Brissett might actually be better for Njoku because he tends to favor tight ends more. Still, like, I'm a little bit worried that lack of Deshaun Watson hurts the offensive enough that maybe that's still still a negative for David Njoku. And really, you know, I'm looking at like all these players I mentioned before, Cole Komet, Noah Fant, Albert O, Zach Ertz, Trey McBride, Irv Smith. Like these are all players I'd rather have than David Njoku just straight up. And in a lot of these cases, you might be able to get on something on top of them trading away David Njoku. David, what do you think about Njoku? Um, I think at that price tag, and there's, this is why you got to always specify when you're talking about buys and sells, because at the tight end 12 price tag, I would agree with just about everything you said there. Um, and that's DLF, and that's using uh, mocks from that Ryan McDowell compiles from people on Twitter, um, which are pretty accurate uh, data. I, like I said, I like to use a Dico's um, or a Dico. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but he's got an ADP that he pulls from sleeper leagues. They, these are actual dynasty leagues and stuff. And it, uh, Njoku's going actually a little bit lower. He's going at tight end 18 there which is just uh, behind McBride, Alberto uh, at tight end. Yeah, that's where I have him ranked, actually. So I think I like him at that price tag. Tight end 12 is a a little rich for me there. Um, But I do think that people are knocking him back down with the Watson news. You know, this is an ongoing development, so the ADP is always going to be a little bit behind on that. Uh, So I think he's kind of getting that uh, cushion a little bit back, back down. And... Like you said, he hasn't really done anything to make us happy with him at any point. He's just kind of disappointed. 
But when you look at it, like when you look back, like 56 receptions for 639 yards, four touchdowns, that's not a bad second year. He was a good prospect, a first-round prospect. He's a good athlete, runs 4'6", 4'40". He was, uh, like I said, drafted early, decent rookie year, 32 receptions, 386 yards. And then it all obviously – uh, the wheels ran off the track. Uh, they brought in Austin Hooper, and then for the next two years, he was bad. Last year, had a little bit of resurgence, uh, 475 yards. But they gave him a big contract. And Watson, if you believe it's only going to be a season or a significant chunk of it, but he will be back after a season, that's multiple years of David Njoku being tied to an elite quarterback, which is what we look for. And that would put him in his first, like, green situation i would mean, probably all agree he's been in the red like his whole career nothing's helped him at all so uh at that price tag a lower price tag i'm interested in, in buying him now especially while the watson uh kind of news is keeping it down before people are all right kind of thinking watson will be back eventually uh, the hype will start coming back a little especially towards the end of uh, this season yeah, my only note is if you're excited about him playing with deshaun watson i'd still want to get out now and then just try and buy back in in the middle of the season, maybe when his price may have come down playing with Jacoby Brissett. I Skyler, think, or no, go ahead, David. Can I say I one point on that? And I yeah, think it, yeah. that does make sense if we're talking about like a portfolio. Like, I want to buy right, right. my Njoku's now or whatever. <laughs> if you're in like one league, something sure you can't really always plan to trade away a player and then trade back for him. Um, right. So, I'm fine trading for him now or keeping him now or drafting him now at his price tag. Because I think the Watson news is keeping it down a little bit. Skyler? Oh, he's 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 a he's a tougher player to trade for now that rookie drafts are kind of over. I think when rookie draft season was kind of hyped up, he was closer to that like tight end 18 price tag, which is where I have him in my rankings. And you could have moved an early third for him. At least that's where like the tight end 18 is usually priced around. Um, so that's where I would have been looking to buy him at. And it's a little harder to come at managers now because they're not going to take a random third for David, you know, for David Jokes. But if you really want him, you're going to give me a second. And at that point, you know, we're starting to creep out of uh, kind of out of my price range. But my biggest thing with David and Joku here is that when if if, some, if news does come out with Deshaun Watson, he's out for the season. That could secretly be a, a good thing, in my opinion, for the tight ends in Cleveland. I was just looking back at the history of Jacoby Set, Deshaun Watson, and Kevin Stefanski. Um, and just based off that, I'm anticipating there's going to be a slight boost in, in passing play percentage for Cleveland with either of those quarterbacks and when they played with Baker Mayfield. Uh, Kevin Stefanski teams targeting tight end. And when he, when he took over his offensive coordinator in Minnesota for those four weeks was 23% in Cleveland. It's been 13%, 30%, 29%. For Deshaun Watson, it's been 21%, 90%, 20%, 19%. Jacoby Brissett, in his, his since starting, has been 30% targeting tight end, 29% targeting tight end. And then last year in his, his four starts with Miami, it was 32% targeting the tight end. He loves to hyper-focus the tight end there. And Cleveland, the last two years, they've – They've passed the ball 54% at 62 plays a game, 52% at 63.7 plays a game. Houston, for Deshaun Watson, has passed 63% of the time at 58.8 plays per game, 58% at 64 plays per game, and 65% at 65 plays per game. And Jacoby Brissett has passed uh, similar to how Cleveland has, but he's, he's played at more plays per game as well. So I think if passing play goes up, passing uh, plays per game goes up, and tight end targets go up, Right. We could see a more overall volume going towards the tight end and you taking away, you know, the uh, 108 was it um, 
Austin Hooper's had Austin Hooper's had like 60, 70 catches over the last, you know, in his two seasons with Cleveland. He's been hyper focused. You take you take him out of the equation, and now we're only splitting that pie two ways. It's slightly higher. I think, I think, you know, from that perspective, it could be just more volume going going towards uh Injoku and Harrison Bryant is the other name I want to bring up. Where I think if you want to go a lot cheaper, a little more sneaky, he could be a name you could throw up. He's in the same situation, right? He's less athletic than Javon Jackson, so the ceiling isn't quite there. He's more in that Dalton Schultz, CJ Hawkinson, where he's going to be, you know, be catching. You're hoping for a little more of a red zone usage. He's going to be getting, you know, no more than like 10 yards per target. Um, but you know, and Joku does profile more to Kasiki, who is who Brissett hyper focused last year in Miami. But before that, uh, Jacoby Brissett in his two seasons with Indi- with Indianapolis put 180 targets towards Jack Doyle. So that's, that's for you. No, that's just more of the player. I think where yeah. Harrison, where you could see a little more excitement towards Harrison Bryant. So at tight end 12, I'm completely out on David Njoku, but if you can get him for that early third type range, tight him 18 to tight end 20. Um, if he crashes down because news comes out with Deshaun Watts is not playing. I think he could be more of a sneaky buy just to see what happens. More of a speculative ad. And, um, the name that I prefer it costs is Harrison Bryant, but that's just, just my two cents. If so. Yeah. It's, it's all costs here because we're seeing that the cost varies, you know, uh, and it's going to be, it might be league dependent. And, you know, based on what you're saying, Scott, or maybe uh, if you're interested in actually getting in the Njoku or Harrison Bryant business, maybe we wait till right before the season, maybe the value drops as the Watson news is hitting home for everybody. And you can buy in before this potential hyper targeting of the tight end happens. Yeah, I would wait until Deshaun news comes out. I wouldn't go right away because who might be thinking, you know, something I don't know. But once it, if that news comes out and it settles, people are going to be really cool off players in Cleveland. And I think at that point, you're going to see, you're going to see players like Amari Cooper, maybe even David Bell, uh, David Njoku, uh, Harrison Bryant. They're going to be a lot cheaper than they are now, or at least they were when Deshaun Watson signed that $250 million contract. Yeah. Well, that is some great tight end talk. Dave, thank you very much for joining us. We couldn't do this show without the infamous tight end, Dave. <laughs> thank uh, you for having me. Before we get out of here, <laughs> is there anything you'd like to plug? No, you guys can find me on Twitter. Basically, if I got anything important, I'll lead you to it from there. <laughs> well, again, appreciate you very much for coming on. As for us, you can find Skylar on Twitter at the FF Buffalo. You can find me at Wyatt B underscore FF. You can find everything JWB at JWBFantasyFootball.com. Please go and join our Patreon, where we're now having a bunch of discussion about the Scott Fishbowl. Lots of info- interesting conversations going on there, strategy-wise, mock drafts, all that type of stuff. Like, subscribe, follow everywhere. We'll see you next time.